If you took the time, whether you know your stuff or not, to put something in a book, you are automatically stamped an expert. Now, you may disagree or agree right. with that, right, right. but if you are, you are automatically stamped an expert. And if a client was looking to choose between A and B and both were the same, they're likely to go with the person that has written and published a book. Welcome back to another episode of the Traffic Sales and Profit Show. My name is Lamar Tyler. I'm your host. And if you've ever thought about writing a book, creating a book, maybe you need to just, just sell some books and get the ones in your garage out of the house. We have the perfect person for you today, Chanel Martin. Chanel is the founder, right? Created a brilliant mind behind Beyond the Book Media, long-term TSP Mastermind family. Thank you, Chanel, for joining. Yes, thank you so much for having me, Lamar. Awesome. And actually, you're... you're a, a star, right? A, a star guest on one of our shows on the conference. Yes, with. I was so grateful. I could feel like I had you on the show before, but I haven't had you on the CSP show. It was because when we did the Winter's Table yeah, the combo. we did the combo. Exactly. So thank you again for that. Thank you for joining us here. Now, I asked you to come because I want to talk about books. Okay. One of the things I hear most often from people is that they want to write books. Mm -hmm. Like, what is it about books that this is in people's soul? I just believe we're in a season where people want to write books, people want to leave a legacy. Mm. Um, and books, honestly, it's the oldest form of media. So before there was television, before there was social media, people were opening up books. It is the one thing, the one piece of media that will outlive and outlast you. Think about all the books that you've read and the authors are no longer living. That's right. And so not only can you leave a lasting legacy, but you can make some money doing it too. Mm, that's good. So, so... That legacy piece, and that's interesting because oftentimes we only think about legacy as money, mm -hmm. right? But you're talking about leaving legacy, like your thought process Absolutely. Or, or what you're thinking. Absolutely. Think about the books, right? What, Napoleon Hill? Are, aren't we still reading and yeah. building businesses and... Based on his principles based from 100 on his principles. years ago. Exactly. You could be the next Napoleon Hill, Lamar. Like, people reading your books 100 years later. That's the power of books. And... The one thing I love about books is it allows people to take a piece of you home very inexpensively. Mm. That's true. That's true, right? A lot of times in our business, we use books as a gateway. It's mm -hmm. kind of like that introductory piece, like you said, for them to get to know, like, and trust me, for them to mm -hmm. get a gateway into what we do, how we do it, who we do it for. And the book is oftentimes, like, if I, I feel like if I can get the book in your hand absolutely. and you read the book, Oh, you gonna want to be a piece of this? Oh, absolutely. Now, of course, we know everybody's an entrepreneur now. I know, right? Mm -hmm. Like everyone has a business, but you can um, have an advantage by writing a book. If you took the time, whether you know your stuff or not, to put something in a book, you are automatically stamped an expert. Now, you may disagree or agree right. with that, right, right. but if you are, you are automatically stamped an expert. And if a client was looking to choose between a and B and both were the same, they're likely to go with the person that has written and published a book. So you automatically stand out. It's like a stamp of approval. Their positioning piece. Absolutely. All right, I love it. Now, let me ask you a, a question about mm -hmm. you. When did you write your first book? Or what was your first book? I don't know the answer to this, so I'm kind of <laughs> curious myself. My first book was a fundraising ebook. Really? Yes. I wrote a book on how to fundraise. I had a lot of people that were like, how did you guys win all those um, fundraising campaigns? And how did you guys get venture capital funding? Because you were going out with a, with a previous company. Yes. And, and 
and pitching and, and absolutely getting, you know looking for uh investor dollars and everything like that. Absolutely. And we were successful in that. And we were one of the first women of color in the hair care industry to do something like that. And I didn't think it was that big of a deal. I thought everyone, you know, could do it. So people kept asking me, and I'm going to tell you something. You want to know something, Lamar? Oh, tell us. I wanted to buy a couch. Mm. True story. I wanted to buy a couch. I went to my husband. You know, husbands be hating. I said, I want to buy you know, this hold on, couch. Hold on, hold on. We got we to stop right here. We're half all the husbands, right? Husbands be hating, but what I say is, you know what I say all the time? What? Wives be wifing. Okay, all right. I'll, I'll get with that. It, it was my husband hating that, okay. that actually positioned me here. Because the man told me no to my couch. He said, you buy it. Now, at this time, I was taking a break. I was pregnant with my second child. I wasn't really doing nothing, you know, stay-at-home mom. And, and I was like, how am I buy a couch? I don't got no money. <laughs> and I said, wait a minute. People have been asking me about fundraising. I'm gonna see if I can put something together. And so I did a fundraising webinar, made my $1,000, actually $1,025 okay. cash. And we went to the furniture store and we bought my couch. And I was so excited because I had never done any type of coaching or info. I'd never done infopreneurship. I was a tech entrepreneur. And I said, wait a minute. I'm about to turn this into a book. So I took the webinar. And I stayed up all night and I put it into an ebook. And I still sell that ebook. That was in 2016. I still sell that ebook with that webinar mm -hmm. for $97 to this day. Wow. I love it. I love it. I love it. Now, um, so did you get a couch? Get a couch. I did get a couch, yes. Okay. I mean, let's get back to it. It's in my kids' parts. playroom now. It's in my kids' playroom. Okay. It's, you know, we've elevated since, since then. And I'm <laughs> we curious, the couch. When your husband threw, when he threw that down, the, the challenge of it down, did he think you would actually do it? I'm curious. Or was it just like, you get it for yourself, right? Like, we don't, we don't have to worry about I that. think he knew I would do it. Mm. I, he saw something in me. He kept telling me that I need to coach and consult and teach people, and I didn't want to do it because that was out of my comfort zone. I was not interested in coaching and teaching. That just wasn't... I was like, I don't want to do that. I just want to help people with their hair. We had a hair tech company. And it really pushed me into thought leadership. This is why I have Beyond the Book Media, mm. because I saw the power of writing a book. Now, no one was calling me for um, hair industry stuff because I had stepped down as a leader. But now I'm getting called to sit on fundraising panels. Now people mm. are saying, um, can you coach me? I started making my first uh, $2,000 a month. I had secured a coaching client that popped up in my DMs that saw me on a speaking engagement. And I, w I was about to give her away to somebody. And I was like, wait a minute, we about to have a baby. Uh, let me figure this out. And I took her as a client. And that was on accident. And so now I'm able to take those same strategies and teach them to other entrepreneurs so they can be intentional. So he really pulled that out of you. Oh, absolutely. So hopefully what he's learned from this is that he should say no to everything. <laughs> because if this brother <laughs> says no to everything, who knows what's still inside of you? Uh -uh, uh, Just waiting not... to come out. Chris, if you're watching this, please don't listen. <laughs> look, no, no, yeah. no, 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 no. Uh, uh, team, let's make sure we get a, 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 a <laughs> limited edition copy of this episode for Chris uh, sent out to the uh, Martin Hustle. <laughs> so, so I love it. So you create your first book and you do it. Now, at what point do you make the transition to, um, I have a ebook mm -hmm. to maybe have a physical book to now I'm actually helping other people create books. Like, what was that? What was that span like? Okay, so I was writing my third book, okay, and I w was struggling. 
Mm. I said, man, my second book, I did a 30 day, 31 day prayer challenge. And I put all these prayers in the book. I said, oh, I got a book, you know, since I did the first time I published it. I thought, OK, this is what I'm going to do. I'm gonna write this devotional and we're good. And this is an e-book again? Or no, this, this, was, a, a this was a physical book. book. Now, okay. I, 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 we grew up. We want to create space now. <laughs> and now we have a physical book. You know, I probably would have been one. It would have been in the basement and, and the, I, I wasn't worried about it. But then I was like, I had one more book in me, you know. I think all of you guys, you have something. It's like, I need to write a book. So I wanted to write a book that ended up launching me into my next. It was about how to hear the voice of God for your business. Mm. And I was struggling. And the book is now titled God Bless the Scribe. I know we're going to talk about that a little later, but I was struggling. So I go on Facebook. I said, anybody want to write a book? I'm struggling. And I said, if I get 10 people... I'm going to create a Facebook group. Well, I didn't get nobody. I said, now, I mm. know I'm not the only one that want to write a book. So I waited. I said, I'm going to ask one more time. Algorithm be hating, too. Yeah. This time, 50 people commented on wow. my post. So I created a group, uh, which ended was at the time it was called Write, Write With Me. And I put these 50 people in. Then it grew to 300 people in, like, two days. Wow. And I said, oh, my goodness. I said, okay, y'all, we're going to write our books. We're going to finish them in two weeks because that's all I had. I had two weeks. And this time I had just had my third child, little baby. I didn't have time. I was like, I need to finish this book. So I get these people. They're finishing their books. Lamar, in five days, seven days, mm. just because of the accountability that I gave them. And I never finished mine. So then, here's the kicker. I'm sitting here with 300 people. And they're like, Chanel, are you going to publish my book? I'm like, publish your book? Oh, no. I just wanted to write my book. And I didn't even get to do that. <laughs> And so then I was like, I mean, people were literally, I had a friend of mine, she wrote her book. Two of my really close friends wrote their books. And they're like, you got to publish me. So then I was like, all right, we created Beyond the Book Media just so I could publish my friend's books. Here's a shameless plug for the mastermind. I was like, well, I'm going to sell y'all like marketing services or something. I came up with something I was going to do. And I joined TSP mm -hmm. Mastermind. And one of the coaches, she was like, you need to do publishing. I said, I can't get out of this publishing <laughs> thing. She said, it's the only way you're going to make money. Real money, because I was trying to sell a $30 a month membership. It was horrible. I'm glad y'all stopped me. <laughs> and I launched our publishing, like I relaunched it officially um, about a month after I joined the Mastermind. Mm. And we've been doing that ever since. And that's how I got started. I love it. I love it. I love it. So for you, I'm curious, um, did you like or do you like writing your own books more or helping other people birth their books? I like, helping, the uh, I like helping other people birth books. Okay. I got a short attention span. <laughs> I, had, I, I wrote, I wrote, I recently wrote a book not too long ago, and I had to get in my own writing challenge to write my own mm. book because I wasn't going to be able to do it. What's well, a great testimonial for your writing challenge? <laughs> yes. That even you have to use a writing I challenge. I had to, get to it use done. it. Yes. But I wrote it in seven days. Yes. Time. I wrote my book in seven days. So if if you can help them write books in seven days, mm -hmm. for people that's not work with you in your programs, why does it take some people years to do the same thing? They're not focused. Mm. They're not focused. They don't have an outline because a lot of people think you just pull out a sheet of paper and just write. And they don't have a goal. They don't have an end goal. They're just writing because the Lord said or whatever reason they came up with, right? There's no real goal. So when you have a mission, you have a goal, you're like, okay, I'm writing this book to go with my program. I'm writing this devotional to go with my ministry. I'm writing this book to buy a couch. You will finish it mm -hmm. quickly. And then you will do and put forth the necessary effort to make sure that the world knows about this book. And now you're intentional. That's when you finish. I love it. I love it. I love it. So 
what are the biggest um, issues and things you see authors run into? Like the problems, like not people necessarily. And maybe when they come to you, maybe people that haven't come to you yet, just in your communities. Like, like what are the biggest issues that, that pop up and face them? Okay, so of course, in writing a book, most people are taking way too long and they're overthinking it. And they think their books have to be like 200 pages. And I tell them, nobody wants to read your 200 page book. First of all, audiobook is the fastest growing category of books right now. So if you really? do not have I didn't, a, I didn't know that. Oh yeah, if you don't have an audiobook, you about to get left out because people don't even have time to read these days. They want to listen. Let me stop you right there. So if I need an audiobook, uh am I voicing it myself? Should I get somebody else voice it to kind of get it off? You should voice it yourself because it really helps the author connect to you, especially if you are a service provider or you have a product that you want to link to that book. Now they already feel like they know you. They've been listening to your voice for at least two hours. That's good. That's, and that's good point. you've drawn a, a connection with them. That's a good point. I'm, I'm not. I'm not a big fan of audiobooks in general because I like just like physical books and dog in pages and highlighting. Mm -hmm. But when I do listen to audiobooks, it's a much better chance I'll listen if it is the author. Absolutely. Which I feel like most big books are still not the author. It's somebody else, you know, some voice professional. Most of the time, they're monotone as heck. Mm -hmm. Most and most of I can't like because because it's, it's boring. Right. It it you know they don't catch my attention. Um, but I want everybody watching and listening now think like, hey, I got to pay all this money for somebody to come do the voiceover. I literally, like you said, I'm much more apt to listen if it's the real author. And I realize mm -hmm. like the author, I feel like when they speak or when they share in a book, their energy level is different around it too. Oh, absolutely. Um, there are quite a few uh, business books that I've read and it's the author reading. That's That's becoming the norm. You don't have to have this great speaking voice. You just have to have a willingness. And a lot of the stuff you can, I don't recommend it, but you know, you can plug up your mic and do it yourself and upload it yourself if you want, instead of going to a professional audio engineer. But yeah, you definitely need to have an audio book. Now, I do want to answer your question about the mistakes that they make. Uh, after they've written it, right? Cause that's a whole mountain that they climb and they're like, yes, I'm an author. They do exactly what you said. They write the book. Then there's a pile of books sitting in their garage, sitting in the trunk of their car, sitting wherever. And then they go on about their business and they've invested all that money. And that is because they haven't tied a mission. I tell my authors, mm. write with the end in mind. What is it that you want this book to do? Now, some of us, when I started, you know, like I said, I just wanted to buy a couch, right? And I got my couch. And then as a result, it opened up speaking engagements and other opportunities that I didn't even know about. So now you can write your book. All the good authors, especially if you write nonfiction, this is for my nonfiction um, authors. What is it that you wanted to do? Do you want it to land speaking engagements? Do you want people to buy your products and services? Do you want people to go to your website? And you weave that in the book and you do that from the beginning. You don't go back and do that afterwards. It's too late. Mm -hmm. Now it doesn't make sense, but you start putting those nuggets in the book. And so many people make the mistake. They think they can just free write. And now they're trying to figure out, I have this book. It doesn't fit with my brand. Well, you didn't build it that way. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. Right. And all of a sudden they start with the end of mind, like what's the goal, where I want to go. And I like I said, I feel like too many people just are creating stuff. Oh, I, oh that Like, part. just making stuff, and then they pop up in the end, like, all right, now what do I do with it? Exactly. Mm, mm, mm. And that's why they're frustrated with their process. So we get a lot of authors that are like, I have this book, I got this program, I don't know how it all goes together, and I'm just like, you never made it together. Mm. It, it, you never intended for it to go together. And so you want to be intentional, especially, you know, 
I love my faith-based audience. That's who I who I target. But you know, sometimes we rely on God to do stuff that He gave us wisdom, brains, hands, feet, and a mind to figure out. He's not gonna do something for you that you can do for yourself mm -hmm. if you just take the time to actually think about where is this book going to take you? I do that with my authors. Did you know that? I did. We take them through an exercise. I call it prophetic vision casting for your book. Okay. It's part of my whole prophetic planning brand um, that we launched over on Clubhouse. But we have a sheet and they go through exactly what their book is going to do, what kind of merchandise they want, who who their target audience is, what is the what's the what is the thing that the author is going to achieve or feel or accomplish after they read the book. And once they go through that process, now we take that information and we say, hey, make sure your book speaks to this vision mm. that you created. Mm. And then what, I'm curious, what's their reaction normally when you sit down with them and do it? Like, do they do they instantly get it? I mean, before, before let's talk about before and after. Okay. Because before, is it like, all right, just like exercise, like what is this? And I already, and I already feel like I know what the answer is going to be mm -hmm. afterwards, but like what do you see before and after? Oh my goodness. So before they're, they're like, okay, I don't know what I'm doing, but I'm just going to do it because they're telling us to do it. After, we do a, a vision income statement, right? So once they've identified, okay, we're going to have culture programs, I'm going to get speaking engagements, I'm going to sell this many books. And I say, hey, one, I want you to think about what you can do realistically in a year. How many books do you think you're going to sell? Because you have this book, how many speaking engagements do you think you're going to book? How many online courses are you going to sell? And mm -hmm. I have them put it in there, put their pricing, add up that number, and people are shocked. They're like, mm -hmm. wait, I can make an additional 50000 an additional 100000 200000 And it's more motivation. You have that as inspiration to actually finish the book. Yeah. I love it. I love it. So you talk about taking a book and then expanding it. You just talked about through courses and mm -hmm. workshops and different things like that. And you also mentioned um, Clubhouse a second ago. Yes. Right? One of the things I love about you is that you've been able to take what you were doing with your publishing company mm -hmm. and then build like a sister brand, you know, so to speak, that's massive, over 100,000 people. How did you use that book and then trans transfer um, the movement of it, right, over to Clubhouse? Okay, so we already had a faith-based movement in the book space, okay? And I basically took the template. I, I have a passion for media and speaking. So we were doing like shows and doing all kind of live things over in my author community. So when Clubhouse started, y'all, I was like, oh, I got to get dressed. I can just talk. <laughs> oh, this is perfect. And of course, you know, it's, a, it's equivalent to doing podcasting. And... I had, just I had just launched a book. It was called God Bless the Scribe. Remember the book that yep. I was trying to write that I didn't write, but I actually finished it right on time for Clubhouse. And it's a journal. And it has a workbook journal. And it teaches people how to hear the voice of God for their business using daily journaling. And I get on Clubhouse and I say, you know what? Really, I really believe the Lord told me. I don't think this was my idea, y'all. I got up one morning and I heard, teach them how to journal. And I said, with my book? Okay. So I go on Clubhouse, our room, our, our club on Clubhouse, Kingdom Business Network, maybe had 500 members at this time. Maybe. I'm going to give us, no, let's give us 5,000, okay? Just to be fair. And I said, who's going to listen? They're going to think I'm crazy. I don't care. I called two of my friends. I said, hey, come get on this thing. I'm going to teach y'all how to journal. So then 100 people showed up in the room the first day. And I was so nervous. And I pulled out my book. I said, I got this book. And <clears throat> you can order it from GodBlessTheScribe.com. And I put the, uh, we didn't have links, but I was um, telling people 
the uh, the website that they could go visit, and people started buying the book wow. because we started using it daily. Then at the height of Clubhouse, we had a thousand people in our room at the time. Wow, that's a lot of people. Oh yeah, journaling. So now what I'm doing is I'm making people stop every morning, hear a message, inspirational message, faith-based message. Then they pull out their God bless the scribe journal. That's what we tell them. We say, you need your God bless the scribe journal. Now you can post links. We're posting the link for you to get my journal and they're writing. And we've created a whole, when I tell you a whole brand, the brand prophetic planning spun from the God bless the scribe journal because that's the brand we built on Clubhouse. So prophetic planning now has a show called prophetic planning with Chanel. We do prophetic planning live. We do a prophetic planning podcast. It built this whole spinoff products because people loved the action behind the book. Yeah, I love it. Ooh, that's so good. So so really a real life manifestation of what you're talking about of taking that book and using it to create a movement. Absolutely. And and I love that because that's what I always tell people. Like the book can be so much more than just a book. Mm. If you look at it as just like some stuff I want to just get into the pages, yeah, you really ain't getting everything you get out of it. Mm-hmm. Or if you look at it and say, hey, you know, I'm, I'm a seller and I'm trying to sell a whole lot of copies for $20. There's so much more you can do to just sell that book for $20. Like you said, to actually create a movement of people with a similar mindset, similar goals that are driven in a similar way and get them together moving in the same direction. Absolutely. And that's another myth. Your $20 book ain't gonna make you rich. I'm trying to tell you, we get these authors, they're like, I wanna be a New York Times bestseller. Not as a self-published author. <laughs> you probably don't have enough influence and impact right. to make those numbers. But and a lot of times, not even as a published, traditionally published absolutely, author. Absolutely. Because if they don't get behind you and push it, it ain't gonna happen. It ain't gonna happen. So I tell people, okay, the book is cute. The book was just the doorway, okay? The book got your thoughts organized on paper and it it does create a connection piece with your audience, but that's just one piece. I tell people there are like at least 20 different ways you can make money from one book. There's podcasts, conferences, courses, um, online trainings, webinars. You can do an ebook, audiobook. I mean, there's so many different ways and people are really selling themselves short by taking one book, yeah. writing it, and never doing anything else with it. Yeah. Oh, that's so good. That's so good. All right, so somebody's watching. They say, hey, this sounds good. I've been wanting to write a book forever, and I want to get started. What are the first things they should do when it comes to thinking about writing a book? So, again, start with the end in mind. What do you want that book to do? Now, there are some people who just simply want to write a book. I'm about to be a little controversial. To share their life. I tell people, that's a journal. Mm. <laughs> that's a journal. Why invest the money, unless you want to just make it a family heirloom, why invest the money in publishing that? And all you wanted to do was just share your life. You can get some nice journals and they and preserved pages and save that money and that effort. It's my thoughts. Yeah. I'm just saying. But if you want the book to have movement, mm-hmm. if you want to make impact, if you want to grow an influence, Think about what type of impact and influence you want to have. So if your goal is to, we we have faith-based, they want to launch their ministries or grow their ministries or get invited to speak at churches and conferences. So I want you to think about that target audience. Who's going to read your book? And what conferences do you need to show up at? Who do you need to speak to or pitch your book to? And write that book for them. Okay. Because the books, y'all, they're not for you. They're for them. And I think sometimes we get so personal that we mess up the money and the movement we can make because we wrote the book for us and not for the reader. 
Yeah, that's good. That's good. So I start with the end of mind. Um, you know, I do those steps you mentioned. I, I write the book for the for the reader. I'm not journaling, <laughs> but I'm, I'm creating some teaching, right? Strategy. We talk yes. about now, right? Uh, all right. So I get all that down. Like, like, what's the next thing I need to do in order to write a book? And a, not just a book, but a book that's going to sell. Okay. So after you have that and you have the end in mind, you weave that into, of course, your, your, in your manuscript. My next thing is going to say, go get it professionally published, especially if you are a brand, okay? I'm going to tell you something. We know you did your cover on Canva. Canva has the same you, elements. You just hurt somebody. I so, did. Oh, my God. I just have hurt. to tell you, it looks like it. Maybe they're not telling you. But what if they take a template and they rearrange it so it's no, not typical? No, we can tell. We can tell. What if they start original and it's like blank Canva? Okay, yes. Uh, okay. You know what, Lamar? If you are a professional graphic designer who knows how to do work Canva, then by all means, you go ahead. But for us regular people, <laughs> we need to go. You hurt somebody hard. I did. You asked me. You asked me. (laughs) And and I'm a publisher, so I'm going to be honest because I'm looking at these wretched book covers and I'm like, you, this is horrible. And nobody told you. Nobody told you. But but I want to stop right there because that's good because a lot of times, um, even when we used to do our documentaries, right? I I would say, hey, like this documentary got to look like it could sit on the shelf at Best Buy. Absolutely. And compete with everything else on the shelf and not stand out. And oftentimes, the number one things that stand out about books, I'm going to give you two things. Number one is, like I said, when I get that cover, I'll give you three things. It was a whole bunch of stuff, right? <laughs> but about bootleg books. But number one is the cover, right? Like mm-hmm. I said, just the cover design layout and the graphics of it. I'm like, this don't look right. Number two, a lot of times, is the material. Yeah. Because I'm like, this don't feel like a book, right? Like, like physically, I got a lot of books. I know what books feel like. Mm-hmm. This don't feel like a book. And then three is the interior. Yeah, oh, gosh. And they didn't get that book laid out properly, right? So I'm looking at it. And I'm like, why the words all in the cre- like? I gotta. They did that Microsoft I'm, Word, Lamar. I'm, I'm proud. No, don't tell me that's, <laughs> that's what. No, I'm telling you. Because I'm pressing. You know what I'm talking about? Like I have to press the book down. I know exactly like, what you're hard talking about. Like hard just to kind of get to the end of that sentence every time. I'm gonna tell you, they did it in Microsoft Word. My second book, mm, didn't know no better. I formatted my second book in Microsoft Word. This is before I knew. This is before I had a publishing company, guys. I made the mistake, so you don't have to. Uh, I did it in Microsoft Word. It's horrible. It was horrible. It was horrible. I had a hard time formatting it. We kept making all these errors. And it does look good, but I'm telling you, it, it took me a time to figure that out. And most people don't even have my patience or my go-getter in this to figure it out. Most people quit. So, again, I see um, when you have bootleg books, because you want your book to be 150 pages, you'd have made the font super huge. That's horrible. That yeah. doesn't look professional. Yeah, them big fonts be wild, too. It's like, wait a minute, you just want to have a page count. Like, van- I call it van- vanity, vanity things that people add to their books, right? Making fonts really big or... Um, here's another thing. No professional photos. Uh, I'm turning on the back of your book, and I this is a selfie. No, people not putting selfies. They are. Like oh, they send us selfies. Sorry, y'all. y'all we got y'all together. They well, send what, what us selfies. they got the new iPhones? They iPhone got a good camera. Still not... Um, so we will, we do give you, we do give them tips. We tell them, wipe your camera screen off, stand in good light, put on portrait. But like, I've had to literally talk these steps through on people who are like, I can't, and that was mainly during the pandemic. Now you have okay. no excuse because some people are like, ah. Hey, we outside. Yeah. Now, you go, it, and it doesn't, it doesn't cost that much. So we have people who sent us 
old pixelated selfies and it's like, I want my picture on, on the on the cover of the book. And we're like, no, I'm, we're not doing it. We had to argue with people. We're not You're going like, no, to do that. my company's name on the back. Exactly. <laughs> um, so we always tell them like, if this is your brand, again, if you're starting with the end in mind, if you got a goal, if you do your vision sheet yeah. and you say, I'm going to make $100,000 this year from this book, then everything else is an investment. Your publishing is an investment. Your branding is an investment. Everything in this investment is not like, oh, I'm just writing this book and I don't know how I'm going to get my money back. Oh, your money is tied to you doing these things. Yeah, I love it. I love it. All right. So um, he is doing it. So they got um, a not bootleg version of the book. Mm -hmm. I want I want to flip to the other side. Of this. So let's say now they got the book. The book is out. Mm -hmm. um, they started with End of Mind. You know, they they uh, made a table of contents. They got the manuscript done. They they went with a publisher to get it professionally done. How do they actually market that book? Because I feel like I feel like not enough attention. I, I feel like in the book process, everything is focused on writing the book. Okay. So it's a lot of people actually get the book done, but then when they sitting there with five hundred copies of the book, and they realize that hey, only like less than fifty of these actually moved. Like, <laughs> what do they do? Like, like, like. How do we actually sell a book? I'm gonna that we tell make? you. So even before you publish, right? So while it's in while it's in publishing, you need to create a book launch team or a book review team. Mm -hmm. So for my most recent book, The Supernatural Entrepreneur, you can get it on Amazon. Uh, I created a group called Chanel's Book Review, and I put a hundred people in, and I put the raw, unedited, nasty copy in there, and I did not care. I put it as a PDF. I said, "Y'all have a week. Give me your feedback," and I took their feedback. And I, before it went into editing, I made all the changes because their changes were so good. So that's the first thing. Make a book that people actually want to read. Then bring people along your journey. So in my 100 group Chanel's book review, I was like, hey, we went into formatting. Hey, we're about to have the book launch. You know, I started taking yeah. people through that process. So now they're really excited. That was the first thing we did. The second thing we did, attach it to a movement. So we um, we created a whole conference around my most recent book, The Supernatural Entrepreneur at Kingdom Business Network. Our conference was called The Supernatural Entrepreneur. Cool. Okay. And we did a pre-launch of the book and everyone that came got a free copy. And we named the segments of the conference after chapters of the book. Mm. So now we're already creating this concept of a supernatural entrepreneur, yeah. this whole supernatural segment and now and, and the synergy is there because everything in the conference matches everything in the book everything so. in the conference matches the book and so now that we're branding this we're creating a movement off of this whole supernatural concept of entrepreneurship we have a summit it's called the supernatural success secret summit right mm -hmm. so like all of these things are in alignment to create a new movement yeah and, and the thing i like too i want to make sure people catch is also about doing the event the thing you have after the event is you have recordings of the event. absolutely you know, which is so now, like, like, not only do you have events, now you have products. Mm -hmm. Now, you know, like, like, again, birthed out as one book, like it's an entire movement and a lot of different options about what you can do and how you can move forward. Absolutely. And the next thing, we haven't done this yet for the supernatural entrepreneur, but if you have a book, especially a nonfiction book that, that helps people, is get bulk orders. That's one area that's often um, underestimated, especially if you have a devotional. You can pitch... Um, organizations to do book readings and to buy a hundred of your books at a time. So now you're not peddling one and two $20 right. books, you're selling them in bulk. And you can do that, especially if you're teaching someone something. Yeah. Another thing, Lamar, it's a lost art, but it works. Vending. Yeah, I love it. We, we've been talking vending a lot here on the show. 
And I tell people all the time that I love vending because it gets you upfront mm-hmm. and personal with the people that you serve. Absolutely. So vending is a great way. What I love about vending is that um, you really get to connect. People get to connect with the author. And that is one way that your brand and your movement can spread like wildfire, especially if you vend at different events. People will start to look for you. So remember my my uh, my Microsoft Word, second book, 31 Prayers for Spiritual Wealth. I just vent, recently vended and with my new book. And do you know a few people in a whole nother city, we were in Alabama. A few people came up to me and said, I have your second book. I'm like, wow. Wow. Like you really like, I'm, I'm trying to figure out who gave it. I said, yeah, someone gave it to me. I bought it. And it's happened so many times. And that is like a joyful experience to know that your books are moving. And then finally, of course, start with the, if you started with the end in mind, then weave your book into your process. Make it a part of what someone has to buy in order to receive products and services from you. Make it a part of something that someone has to buy in order for you to speak. If someone books mm. you for a speaking engagement, they need to come with 200 book orders. Yes. Those are just small things that you can do. Mm. I, I, I mean, so many nuggets. When you talk about vending, it took me back to uh, 2009. We did our first documentary. Mm-hmm. And I said, I'm a vending documentary at the Capitol Book Fest, DC area, uh, vending book festival. And what I realized, I never really saw the power of people vending books until that event, right? And it just blew my mind. Because mm-hmm. what the people weren't doing, they was buying movies. Because my movie ain't <laughs> sell nothing, right? They were not interested. <laughs> I had like a setup, I had a little booth. I had, a, I had like a little screen, like a little DVD playing screen, like with yeah. the movie showing, you see the quality of everything like that. And they would look at that and they'd be like, ask me 50 questions. But they literally would walk to the table right beside me and just look at the front and back cover of the book and look at the name. Mm-hmm. All they think is the name and, the, again, the importance of the cover, right? Absolutely. The name, they ain't reading through it and nope. reading the chapters, looking mm-hmm. at the table contents, nothing. They look at the name of that book, and they will flip it on both sides, look at the cover, and they say, all right, I'll buy some. And I saw, like, even I saw how easy it was to sell a, a book than even was to sell a movie, right? Like, because in the movie, they went, who's in that movie? You know what I mean? <laughs> how long is it, right? Like, what they talking? They watching, trying to figure out what they talking about. Yeah. They were walking up, sight unseen, just picking up a book, flipping it over, saying, how much is it? All right, I'll buy it. Yes. I tell people in their vision strategy that vending needs to be a part of your vision. Even if you find one vending opportunity a quarter, that has a lasting impact on your brand. I learned vending, Lamar, not from as an author, but from my first company as a hair tech company. Mm. Um, we were at Bronner Brothers shows. That's how we got our, our marketing movement because in the hair care industry because we were vending. We didn't even have a product, but just showing up, giving people a little free stuff and taking their email they were able to connect. And I saw how well we did with gathering emails and information. I said, oh, I could definitely do this with a book. So I feel like as we transition outside, because we are outside, right? right? People have to realize you're going to have to go outside to make some money. Like, I know you want to do all this digital stuff and it's digital. It's great. It works. But everyone's doing digital. Here's your opportunity to go outside before everybody go outside now. I love it. I love it. All right, somebody's watching. They say, hey, you know, you've inspired me to move forward to make it happen for my book. I'm ready to start in mind. How can they connect you directly and work with Beyond the Book Music? Absolutely. So we would love to have you. We specialize in faith-based and nonfiction books and workbooks, and we help you write your books quickly. So you can visit us at beyondthebookmedia.com, and you'll find all the information on our website. You can submit a contact form, and someone will be in touch. All right. Y'all have, like, an amazing Facebook group, and 
social and everything online. So like they just need to get to the uh, site. Okay. Everything is there. Okay, so we do have um we have a Facebook group. It's called we changed the name from Write With Me. It's called Kingdom Scribes. And actually, Lamar, you told me to do this years ago and I didn't want to listen to you. And I said <laughs> Hold on, tell me this part. Hey, tune in. <laughs> Tight shot. Let's go. You told me to really I really struggled with honing in on the fact that we were for Christians. And you told me to change the name. And I think I changed for like five seconds. And I was like, I don't want that to be the name. And I changed it back. And I had an epiphany. I was like, some people are just going to come with us because they want a Christian to publish their book. And they go into these other Christian publishers and they're going to be coming over here to us. So I changed our name to Kingdom Scribes. Awesome. Um, that's the name of our Facebook group. We have about nearly 6,000 authors in there. That was the one that started with the 50 people. Um, and then you can find me on Instagram, all the socials at Chanel E. Martin and Beyond the Book Media at Beyond Books Media. All right, perfect. Thank you so much, Chanel, for joining. I appreciate you. Hey, and I appreciate you for watching another episode of the TSP Show. Make sure if you have a book, on your heart, it gets out of your heart, onto the paper. Mm -hmm. And most importantly, let's get it into someone else's hands. If you have a book and those copies are just sitting in your closet, in your garage, it's not serving any purpose, it's not helping anybody. So I wanna make sure we get the book, we create the book, and then we sell the book. Thank you, and I'll see you next week with another episode of the TSP Show. The Combo, your home for conversations on Black entrepreneurship and wealth. Available on your favorite platforms.